Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. But you're using a photo or taking a, taking a photo, you can um, take a moment and put it into eternity or um, capture um, Sometimes you can uh, you can picture uh, you can take a picture of image, uh, you can put f- feeling into it. Sometimes you take a photo uh, just you know randomly, and afterwards you find out it's uh, uh, you took you took a picture of uh, something which is uh, uh, to cherish forever. Um, I, I myself I, I'm not a photographer, but I usually um try to take photos of of something or someone or or um, whatever uh, that uh, I, I have a feeling for it okay so asaf artel okay so asaf Thank you so much for, for joining me for sitting with me uh, on the podcast I know this is strange you You're in Israel. I'm in Savannah. We met in Savannah three weeks ago, and I uh, just hearing your story just blew my mind. And so in a weird way, with the internet, with the travel, with the problems and the audio, we started the recording with me in Savannah in America, where we met. And then we separated, and now we're starting, we're going to continue, we're going to start, really start the episode recording now, and I'm in Hong Kong. So let's just start with the first photo, okay? Sure. Okay, great. So of course, thank you so much for joining me. It's a real honor. I really hope we can share your incredible story. That would be great. Thank you for having me. Right now I'm, uh, I'm in Israel. It's, it's a very rainy day. It's been raining all weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, very interesting uh, to see the, 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 the grass and all the fields are getting greener every day. Uh, like our, uh, everything is getting a re- renewal, like uh, a winter, winter uh, time, everything is getting green. But you can still see the black and the, and the fire left behind from uh, from uh, wow. that last uh, three months but uh, life life uh, goes on <laughs> um, okay so I have to go into the first photo uh, and so in this photo uh, you're standing on the side of the road in a t-shirt it's sunny and Uh, you're holding up the Israeli flag. Uh, there's a, one car that's going away from you. You know, it's a very... I mean, I've been to Israel, so I can... You know, every country has its own smell. And whenever I get off the plane, I, Israel always smells like something very specific to me. And uh, so then when I see the photo of you, the flag is caught in the wind. Uh, there's bright sun. You're standing in a T-shirt. I can't read what it says. You're in jeans. And you're looking at the photographer um, it's a bu- big beautiful sky 
So, so why why is this photo important? Why start with this photo? Okay, so I don't know if if you all uh, know, but uh, about six months ago, I mean, during the whole last summer, we've been pro- protesting against the government uh, plan to change democracy in Israel. This this uh, photo was taken in one of those demonstrations. Me and my whole family, we used to go out to demonstrate twice or even three times a week in the, in the main junction uh, in the northern part of, uh, of Israel. Actually, this junction where this photo was taken is less than five minutes away from home. And it's one of those junctions where I think about uh, at least 50 people were killed on the 7th of October. So six months ago, we were we demonstrate against the government trying to destroy democracy. And this, photos, uh, this photo shows one of those moments. Uh, right, right behind the, the photographer, there is hundreds of, of people standing. You can see them, but you can see myself. Uh, we all hold the, the Israeli uh, flags that were that we choose to I always choose to hold the the, the Israeli flag I, I, I never hold different kind of flags just the Israeli flags because for me it's it's unite uh, everybody of us all of us and that was take uh, that photo was uh, uh, took six months ago in that junction few ma- few like three months after the photo was taken, the whole uh, world turned up, upside down, and in the same junction, the same spot where I'm standing, there was a massacre. The place where I'm standing on, on that photo, there's a bus station. Every time we, we went to demonstrate that time, every now and again, there's a bus stopping and uh, a lot of uh, workers going, uh, like... Uh, you know, uh, people com- coming out coming out from that bus. Many of them were uh, Gaza people, just ordinary workers coming, uh, daily work coming to work in uh, in Israel. That that photo was taken in the afternoon, so they at the end of the day they heading back home. They went off that bus, crossing that junction uh, by foot walking towards Gaza to the border uh, cross, walk, walk, walking through that demonstration, we could see them in the eyes. They could look it on our eyes. And it's a strange situation. And that, that morning after, uh, after 7th of October, I, I was thinking a lot about it. How many of them were coming to Israel, uh, not just to work, but uh, maybe to, I don't know, to, to get some information about us, to learn uh, all the places, to learn the, the road, to, to, to be a spy. A few, few months ago, it was so, uh, I was so naive. You can see that in the picture. And that morning, 7th of October, everything turned over. Everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Completely changed. 160 degrees. Uh, yeah, you mean uh, 180 degrees is more like the exact flip. 
360. I, I keep those 20% uh, off in my, <laughs> in my <eye. laughs> Okay, okay. I, this is the thing, this is the thing that I want, that I'd love for listeners to understand. You, you live on a kibbutz, and the kibbutz is this naive idea. It's this crazy idea of people getting together who are like family, who, you know, call each other friends. I mean, that's, the, instead of members, it's like, you're friends. And it's a big family, you eat together often, or, or you don't have to, but sometimes you eat together, you have your own homes. It's like, when, when people look into your heart, and they look into the photograph, right? Here you are, you're holding up the flag, okay? And, and look, maybe for the people who don't like um, people who carry flags and all this stuff to be patriotic and whatever, but there you're protesting the government's try, you know, attempt to erode the courts and change democracy and change the nation. And then, so that's you with, with hundreds of people saying, listen, no, this is our country. We want, we want to keep things fair and honest and, and great. And as you say, the workers who come out of Gaza, who look at you in the eyes, I mean, they see you. I mean, like, that's what's crazy. It's like, how do you walk by people and look them into, in the face and then it turns around and then October 7th happened and it's just obscenely violent. And, and so I don't have a question. I'm just saying like, hold, like what the fuck? Like that's crazy. Like it's just insane. It is. I, I, you started talking about the, the kibbutz. So I want to just say a few words about it. First of all, as you know, I, I, I live in a kibbutz. I work in a, I, I I work in another kibbutz as a kibbutz manager, community manager. As kibbutzniks, uh, people who live in the kibbutz, we call ourselves chaverim. Chaverim in Hebrew have two meanings in English. It can be a friend, chaver, a friend, or a member. It's also uh, mm-hmm. um, expressed the, the, the relationship between myself and the, the kibbutz community. I'm a member of the kibbutz. And all the people are, who, who, who share that uh, kibbutz with me are my, we all members and we all friends. Okay, so it's a yes. double meaning and it's very important. Now, when I when I visit you guys in the, in the state, so you ask me and I talk uh, quite a lot about that naive balloon that uh, blew up a few seconds after uh, it's all mess. This all mess began started on, on that Saturday morning. But, I mean, who, want, who, who doesn't want to live in a naive world, a peaceful place where, where everybody's friends and everybody equal and everybody go to work in the morning and come back to, to the safe house at the end of the day? Is that naive? Is that something too much to ask? I mean, everybody, every single person in the world looking for this. I mean, we all have uh, goals and uh, and dreams, but everybody dreams about that, this this kind of thing. Us, the kibbutzniks, it's 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 the highest uh, uh, dream. I, I mean, we we have different. I don't know, uh, different. Uh, way of, of uh, looking at, at, at a lot of things, I mean, democracy, about political stuff, 
but there's one common one thing that makes us all together is that na- na- naive dream and I, I believe that the Gaza people are naive exactly the same as I am I'm sh- I still think they are not all of them but still some of them most of them were uh, um, being fooled by Hamas but um, I, I'm still I will still look for try to to achieve that uh, naive dream every every day but right now um, I know it's un, unreachable I keep saying it to myself to my family to my community it's not a naive time we are we're living in unnaive times Yeah, the innocence is gone in a yeah, way. Yeah, innocence is, is completely gone, blew up. It's blew up in a lot. It, it's been blew up in a lot of uh, dynamite, in a lot of hate, in a lot yeah. of uh, fire. Yeah. It's blew up, but that, that naive fire is still, uh, still inside of us. Right. Okay, well... Because of how the podcast works, uh, we now have to go to the next photo. We're going to go buy your photos pretty quick, about 15 minutes per photo, and hopefully in that way get people to care and connect with what you're saying. Ron, I... I, I next photo? I, yeah, let's go through this photo. But I, you probably remember last Friday I sent you a, a photo, another photo yes. of that rainbow. Yes. I was talking about that rain, and that, that, that rainbow I, I took... Uh, Just two days ago, early in the morning when the sun just mm-hmm. came up, right outside, outside my house, it shows there's a full rainbow, a beautiful one, coming from a, mm-hmm. one side of the rainbow started on the, on the northern part of Gaza and the other part landed on, the, on, the, on Ashkelon City. And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually drove the, the course of the missiles. That we, we keep seeing yeah, lately. Yeah, when people shoot missiles. But yeah, it's exactly the, the, the course of the missile. But this morning it was, the, it was a rainbow talking about naive. Wow. That's a naive picture. Yeah. If it's okay with you, I'll include it in the podcast. Please do. So this image is a, it's like a screen capture from a phone. It's, let's see, it says Salvation Army, kind of, Emergency Disaster Service behind the, you know, maybe Louisiana, Mississippi Division. Yep. I'm trying to read what it says. Yeah. And then, that's your handsome face staring at the camera? Yeah, that's me uh, about seven years ago. I, I chose that photo because okay. that's explained who, who am I. So about seven years ago, I joined, joined a mission uh, of Israel, Israel organization from Israel. And um, we flew to Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to, to help with the hurricane uh, assistance. Harvey. I, I don't exactly remember the name of the hurricane, but uh, it, it was right next to uh, Baton Rouge. which is in uh, Louisiana, yeah. and uh, we were uh, about seven or eight people uh, from Israel coming to the state for, as a first responder to, uh, to assist. To the, to the community got hit uh, by um, that hurricane, and uh, we worked there for a few weeks. Very, very hard work, very, very hard uh, condition, difficult condition, but very, very warm condition. Uh, 
a welcome. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that photo was taken one of the days because we as Israeli, uh, we, we came with Israel. It's one of the Israeli organization, humanitarian organization. And we joined mm-hmm. Team Rubicon, which is very big uh, first responding veteran or uh, American organization. And we met a lot of other humanitarian organizations, such as the Red Cross or that uh, that car where, where I'm standing right next yeah. to it. So th- that uh, mission was my, my first one. Mm-hmm. I joined Israel right Israel just before that uh, hurricane. Since then, uh, I joined another uh, five missions, including wow. last year in uh, Florida, Fort Myers hurricane. That's me. That's me. That, okay. So that is something that I want to talk about. For So, okay, so on the podcast, two years ago, three years ago, um, my good friend, Tim, uh, was living in Houston. And when there was Hurricane Harvey that came through, and it just completely overwhelmed uh, New Orleans and, and, you know, Louisiana and all this stuff. And maybe, I mean, that was a huge, huge disaster. And so maybe that's why you went down. You're a kibbutznik and you're helping as a first responder. Now, what, what are your skills that make you a first responder other than that you're a nice guy? Like, what, what is it that you went to do? Okay, so as you probably know, when a hurricane uh, hits the landfall, there's a lot of uh, very strong wind, a lot of rain, and uh, usually the the sea goes up, and uh, there's a lot of flood, uh, a lot of area being flooded. Sometimes all the way up to the ceiling, and the water goes up immediately in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So actually, in a, in a hurricane a disaster, you don't see a lot of casualties because because uh, you got time to evacuate and and you know to prepare yourself. People uh, get evacuated, but a lot of uh, property getting destroyed, cars, houses, everything uh, get covered by, by those flooded with mud. Mm-hmm. What we actually do is is like we call it muckout. We 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 help uh, people, usually veterans, to 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 tear up their their houses to prepare them for for like being reconstructed. Um, so it's like a very, very hard work, like tearing up the house, taking everything out, taking all the electricity, taking out all the the, the furniture, taking out all the yeah the walls, like leave leave the the house, the foundation, the foundation, and the basic. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they can use the like uh, the insurance money or FEMA money to rebuild the, the mm-hmm. house. Usually you work, uh, it takes like one or two, three, sometimes three days to finish one, uh, one place, one house, one home. That's that what we do. It's, it's very strange. Uh, a lot of people ask, okay, why do you people from far away Israel, from the far away uh, kibbutz, mm-hmm. uh, have to... To, to, to travel all the way to America, big America, strong America, to do this job. So actually, yeah, I mean, we don't have to. 
people in America will uh, will find another way to to solve their problem. But we see we yeah. we see this as a as as a mission, mm-hmm. as a good thing to do. We we are all uh, volunteers. No uh, no salary. No uh, no money. Nothing. Just a as a, yeah. as a plain volunteers. And as I said, I did it once and. Then I, I kept doing it every every year. I like fo- I, I actually follow the the hurricane application on my phone looking for those hurricane okay. season to, to see when when to when it's gonna be a, a big hurricane and I prepare myself as a, I, I, I'm like I see myself as a I love it. It's, it's like, I, I, have to, I have to ask a quick question. I yeah. have to ask a quick question. Do you have a small dog in your house? Yeah. Can you hear them? Does, the, the, them. Okay. Do they like you? Each time you talk, they're both bark. No, because my dog, <laughs> we have seven puppies now. Uh, they like. Wow. Yeah. We have seven puppies right, right outside my. Nice. I try to close all the doors so they won't. Uh, Badass, but they fall asleep soon. They fall asleep soon. Don't worry. Seven <laughs> puppies okay. running outside my uh, door. Amazing. Um, I have five dogs in my house, so I will send you. I will send you a photo of those uh, puppies. You can nice put it on your. On the... Nice. So, so listen. This is something that that that. Okay, so this idea of helping other people. This idea of coming to you're volunteering. This very difficult work. You're going to, like, I mean, yes, there's the interest of going to, to, to America because Americans are good friends and all this stuff and people want to look into it. But it's like, f- look, at the end of the day, you find out there's a disaster. They need emergency services. So you get on a plane and you go and you put in the muscle and the effort to help people. Like, it's about helping people. So what countries have you have you been in in that in that kind of way, only America or other countries as well? Only America, okay. Because this kind of mission uh, we, we can do only in America. Some of my uh, some of my friends, and I still hope I, maybe one day I I will do that too. Went to Haiti, and you know Israel. That organization they work in sixty two different countries, but uh, this yep. kind of uh, first responding mission. Uh, we do only in America for for this time, right? It's I mean, look, you know, it's so it's it's kind of like one idea that I'm my head has been crashing against. It's kind of like, okay, world, where are you in terms of what kinds of people get attacked? Right on the seventh of October, people like you who were you know you're just living your life. You're fundamentally. What do you do when you can, when you have a chance? You go help other people who are in a disaster area. You know, for example, I was in Sri Lanka when the tsunami happened, and uh, Israel sent a whole bunch of Israel to to Sri Lanka to help people with disaster relief. Right? Okay. This is this is the the essence or the spirit I think of of helping humanity and all this stuff, and and then. This nation, this country, has to deal with these kinds of te- this kind of terrorism. Yeah, let let let, let us let us um, try to see the difference between uh, those 
those two kind of disaster. I mean, hurricane, flooding, tsunami, maybe uh, the fire in a, in a Philadelphia, in a California. They all they they are all uh, nature nature disaster made by nature, yeah. caused by nature, caused by I don't know global force. And we are yeah. talking the seventh of October is a man-made disaster. Yes, it's people. It's, it's people yeah. made by people, by those people, those people, those workers. I used to look in the eyes every day on that uh, junction. Do you know what I'm sa- trying to say? I mean, it's, it's yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, a disaster is a disaster. The, the, the property get de- uh, destroyed, people get killed, there is a fire, there is a, a lot of grief, but there is a big difference between disaster caused by nature and a disaster caused by people, which are... Bad ideas, really ugly ideas. Yeah, yeah. And they are your, usually they are your neighbors. They're not far away country. They're right behind, uh, uh, outside your door. Right. So how many kilometers, how many kilometers between your kibbutz and the, the a close town in, in Gaza? Like how many, just so that people know, like how many kilometers roughly? It's about uh, five kilometers five away. So two, two and a half miles. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. You know? And the kibbutz where I walk, the kibbutz where I walk, I, walk, I was talking about it in, in, uh, while we were in the state, kibbutz Kisufim. It's uh, less than one uh, mile away from the, the border wow. of uh, Gaza. So when you have a, yeah. a, a rocket coming towards uh, the kibbutz, and we have that uh, red alert uh, siren, it's, it's less than five yeah. seconds to, to run to the safe wow. room. Sometimes even wow, wow, sometimes wow. the rockets uh, fell, falling down before there is a siren. Well, of course, because it's just there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's they're just there. Okay. 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 So um, this photo has three pictures in it, uh, sort of in landscape format. The top. I can't see the photo, so you would describe it. I have to describe it, yeah. So there are three there are three pictures stacked on each other. The top one is uh, it, there's like texting on the right. It's like screenshot with some texting. Uh, the middle one is uh, it's not the same building. It's a different building, but you can see damage like uh, shooting damage or or I don't know what it is like some kind of explosive. And then the bottom one is a photo of the same building from far from farther away. I guess it's photos inside the kibbutz uh, of housing that. So there's a tree. It's like it, the, I can't read the, the text because it's uh, you know, it's quite small. Let me see if I can enlarge this. But yeah. So what what I see is screenshots of phone texts and. I don't know. Do you remember what the what the picture is that you sent? Yeah, yeah, I do. What, what we see in that uh, it's exactly it's actually a slide from from that uh, PowerPoint where which I showed you guys on the yeah when we meet in the state. So 
those pictures were taken in the Kibbutz Kisufim the day after it's, it's Sunday morning 8th of October after uh, turn turn down the fire I, I can't exactly say if there's still the body are still lying there but those uh, houses are few of the houses who got the uh, eaten by, by the terrorist uh, Saturday morning. Some of them ju- just been uh, shooting inside. Some of them were uh, completely burned down. There's 29 houses like this in the kibbutz. There's uh, about 110 houses in the kibbutz. So t- 29 of them is, you, you can calculate, it's a very high percentage. Mm-hmm. damage and the text I, I took those texts from the whatsapp uh, group of, of the community we use uh, we use uh, whatsapp as a communication between uh, between between us yeah like informal uh, communication uh, way of course uh, between yeah. all the kibbutz, all, all the kibbutz members all the friends of the kibbutz we have uh, the whatsapp group and that whatsapp group was the main communication um, way that morning because there was no electricity. Some of the cellular uh, net wouldn't work, but uh, WhatsApp did work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I took some uh, some messages from that morning. So what you can see in those uh, bubbles, uh, the WhatsApp uh, messages, mm-hmm. are communication between uh, between the, the community members talking to each other, telling yeah. them where are you. Uh, there is a I don't exactly remember what it says, but you can find you can find it in that uh, WhatsApp group. Uh, watch out! There's a there is right. terrorist uh, inside the kibbutz. They're outside our houses. They're knocking on the door. Uh, they try to uh, break in. And they, they they're killing us. Yeah. It's, it's it's if you look in that uh, WhatsApp group, you can see the drama happening every time mm-hmm. uh, again and again. Mm-hmm. Just th- th- that WhatsApp communication. It, it's something that left behind. I mean, it's it's not li- like a, a phone call that uh, when you you hang up the phone, it's it's gone. It, you can gone, yeah. yeah so it's still it's, there. It's yeah, still yeah. there. You can read it again and again and again, and you can see it happening. You can see if you look at the time on that WhatsApp group. You can see the time. You can see the the drama going on and and keep going on hours and hours. So on the seventh of October, where were you while this was happening? Okay, I was as I said. I, I live in a. I also live in a kibbutz, which is in the Gaza envelope, but like a few minutes uh, away from Kisufim. I was at home. I was mm-hmm. just preparing preparing myself to, it was early in the morning, preparing myself to to go out work the, in the garden. And uh, then it all started. I, uh, I have a, a small radio, which I uh, can communicate with the army. So I was uh, I grabbed that radio and my gun and we went into the safe house, safe room and uh, because I I was listening to that radio I, I could understand what's going on I could understand there is a big mess going on I couldn't understand the mm-hmm. size of the mess 
or the, the tip of the that a terrible situation, but I, I could realize there's a mess. So I myself, after a few minutes in the safe room, I, I went out, I told my family, stay, stay in, don't go out, I have to go. And um, I grabbed my gun and uh, I went out and I, I, I drove to, to Kisufim. I, I had to take a long way. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't drive the, the shortest uh, road because you can understand it was uh, fighting going on there. And I didn't, I couldn't get uh, into Kibbutz Kisufim that morning because it was all uh, war zone. I, I, um, I post myself in, in a, a gas station, which is like 10 kilometers, uh, three miles away from the kibbutz. And in that point, it was a, a kind of gathering point where when we started to evacuate the people from the kibbutz, they evacuated, they arrived to that point with the armed vehicle. And from that point, we put them on uh, the passes and we send them away to, to the hotel in uh, uh, the Dead Sea. And I was standing there with the list of the people and uh, mm -hmm. hours by hours waiting for the, 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 the people to evacuate and uh, marking the, the names. And I could see on the mm -hmm. list who is alive and who is still missing. And then I, using that radio and my, uh, my, my phone, I tried to uh, to point the people on the ground, the the, uh, the, the soldier inside the kibbutz, where to go, mm -hmm. who are still missing. Try to to evacuate them, try to save them. And as time goes by, it's been it's like it was uh, it was nighttime, so it's like almost uh, 20, 20, 24 hours later. You know, the list uh, started to show who is uh, alive, who is uh, still missing, and who is, we, we already uh, knew who has been killed, who, who has been missing. Mm -hmm. And uh, only after, uh, it, it took me another few hours on that, that uh, spot. And then I went, uh, I took my car and I went down to that hotel in the in the Dead Sea, mm -hmm. like to, to to meet up with all the community and try to gather them together, see, make sure everybody who arrived there are, are safe, and uh, try to start, uh, you know, <laughs> do do my do my my thing, and and we're still there. It's it's three months, hundred days yeah. passed, and we are still on that hotel. Right now, you're in that hotel still. Yeah, I must, right now, I'm, I'm not there, but uh, I will join them late, later this day. Okay. One of the things that, that, because I've been to Israel, and, you know, I live in Hong Kong now, and Hong Kong is, you know, basically has the same population Israel, as Israel. So, seven and a half million, so maybe a little bit less, but uh, much smaller territory. But what, I'm, what I tried, like, what's very real to me it's that we're all connected. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's so personal. It's not like this, like this thing. Like these people are super far away, right? So, 
So, for example, I think right now there's like 130 people who are well who are kidnapped who are still missing. I don't I don't remember the specific number. 129. Yeah. 129. Okay. So, in terms of how far away, so I'm talking to you. One, you know, that's it. Like we're it's us, and then me to you in terms of human connections. Like, do you know somebody directly? who was kidnapped or do you know somebody who knows somebody like just to make it people understand like how close that that feeling is like how close is that okay so as i told you i i live in a in the right next to gaza in, a, in that area we call gaza envelope i work here mm-hmm. as a community manager for the last 20 years in in Almost all the communities, all the kibbutzes. So I know hundred, hundred. Yeah, you must know all. I know them yes. personally. Some, just for example, one of the the people that got killed in kibbutz Niroz, he was my uh, uh, secretary uh, when I was the manager of that kibbutz. The other um, two kids uh, are still hijacked in uh, in uh, Gaza. Mm-hmm. Her mother was my colleague for uh, six years. We worked together um, in the same office, and, and wow. I, I talk to her every 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 day. I, I give, I, I call her and I ask her how she's doing, if, if I can help something. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, we work together. We are colleagues. We're still friends. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew those kids. One of them is seven years ago, uh, seven years old. I knew him uh, when he was one year old, and uh, she used to come mm-hmm. to to the office holding uh, with, with the you know the the baby uh, trailer yeah. with with, it, with that baby. Mm-hmm. It's I mean I know hundreds of them, hundreds of them personally, yeah. because I I was their friend, neighbors. I, 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 they live in the community where I I uh, I was in charge of hundreds yeah. of them. First of all, I'm so sorry. Like, 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 it's just for people who who have been through very traumatic experiences, you know. And for some people who listen to this, it's it's going to be very difficult because they've been through traumatic, difficult experiences. And ultimately, I think what it is is wh- what your relationship is to that trauma is you know like how can you talk about it how can you you know wrap your head around how can you heal from it how do you come come to terms with it so so you're going around telling your story and trying to have people connect to understand that this is very real how do you put your head around around what you live through and have to deal with I don't know how to deal with. I mean, it's such a big uh, event. I, I can tell you one thing. I, um, my grandparents, they they live, in, they they're born in in Germany and Poland, and they've been through the Holocaust, and uh, they survived and they came to Israel as a survivors, and they uh, established those kibbutzes in, in the northern part of Israel, 
and they uh, they got married and they have families and they live their life they dead now yeah but till the last day of their life they wouldn't talk they wouldn't we are we try to ask a lot of question how how was your life before Holocaust how was mm-hmm. your time in the in the camps in the, in the Poland how did you survive they wouldn't talk they wouldn't say a word mm-hmm. I don't know why maybe they they were scared maybe they uh, they didn't believe themselves uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know maybe the trauma was so big they couldn't uh, hold it yeah and they couldn't it express they couldn't express it and uh, I I think what I'm trying to do is work differently I want to talk about it I want to mm. share my story I want to share my my personal story I want to share my my family story I want to share my neighbors my community story mm-hmm. I want I don't want to be uh, like them I want to share the story I want I want people to hear that story I want to, people to know what happened how it happened exactly because I think that's a, that's a, a better way to 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 deal with it for the world and for myself when I tell my story when I uh, share my story it's like uh, helping me uh, take out all my 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 uh, my, my bad uh, my trauma okay and and then a, a fresh a fresh uh, beliefs can come or thoughts can come come inside I help myself and I share the story of a community and I walk uh, I spread the story unlike uh, my my grandparents did they kept the, the, the secret they kept it, kept it as a secret as a mystery mm-hmm. you don't know exactly the details and I want to bring the details out I want to share the details I think it's a it's a it's a better way to to deal with the trauma and I think the world should know what happened there Oh fuck. Okay. Well, so this image, um, I guess it's from the, the PowerPoint, uh, and it's got, this time it's got four photos and look, you know, I mean, the top image is a kibbutz building that's been shot. It's filled with bullet, bullet holes. And there's again, another screen capture of conversation, I guess, from the WhatsApp group. The photo underneath is uh, one of those croc like a gray croc sandal uh, on the sort of the classic Israeli tiles. And, but there's so much blood. Um, and it's been there for a while because it's red, but it's going to brown to black. It's a lot of blood. Uh, beneath that photo is a house that's been burned, surrounded by other houses that seem to be burned. Uh, and then beneath that is another... So another one of the, I guess the, the kibbutz houses that have been um, severely damaged from all of this. So these are photos that you gathered, or is this photos that were in the WhatsApp group? Like we didn't share those photos in the WhatsApp group, uh, but uh, we did gather it for for that for that uh, PowerPoint. Uh, 
Yeah. Actually, some some uh, some of the families of the of the casualties ask us not to share those pictures. Uh, yeah. You can imagine there is even worse pictures, but uh, I choose those those pictures because they show what happened, and they let you imagine what I, I just said. There is right next to that blood uh, uh, picture. There is a much worse picture, but I choose not to, to put it on the, that PowerPoint. But but you can imagine there is there is a picture, a much worse. So yeah. those pictures shows what happened, and they leave uh, a big uh, place for imagination to realize uh, how worse were those things mm-hmm. that days. So one of the things that people, it's a podcast, so people only hear us talking, and they don't, so one of the things that they don't see is, like, I'm, I'm looking at your face, and I know this is very difficult, and I am very, I feel as, you know, I feel, I, you know, of course I feel terrible, because it's like I'm opening up a wound that I hope, I mean, I don't know if it helps, hard to tell. And of course, it need, it's a story that needs to be told so people understand that it's, it actually, this actually happened. This insane violence and insane, like, incredible brutality and, and just awful side of, 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 of people that could do this actually happened. Yeah, and this was like three months ago, not that long ago. Exactly 100 days ago. So where are you now? So somebody understands, like, you know, like, I met you, like, I met you, I shook your hand, I, you know, we were in a small room together, we talked, but where are you now? Like, where, where, how, how is, what is life for you now? Okay, so, so that's a great question, because uh, looking uh, backwards uh, on the last uh, hundred days, I could, I could, myself as a community manager, I, I can tell you uh, every week passing was a, a little bit different. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you can call it a, a evolution, but uh, every the first uh, two weeks were uh, we, we all uh, trying to uh, uh, to identify the casualties and then uh, the funerals and, uh, and the, the, the weeks uh, the, the the next two weeks were. Memorial Day and the other, and then we started to uh, deal with uh, uh, the damage—not not the casualties, but the more the property damage. And every every few days, uh, we all, as a community, deal with a different uh, issue. I mean, we've been through mm-hmm. kind of uh, of uh, we went from stage to stage to, to stage, so. I can I can tell you the last two and a half months were we, we were all stuck in that uh, hotel mm-hmm. in, in those small uh, hotel room in the lobby but in hotel and and then after two and a half uh, uh, months we start dealing with uh, okay where are we going from here we realized staying in a hotel is is not a it's not good for us. It's a very uh, mm-hmm. it's far away. Dead Sea is a, is a very uh, it's not the right place for us. 
and uh, we, we can't stay in the hotel. So after two and a half months, we start dealing with looking what will be the next place we move to, knowing we, can, we still cannot go back to the kibbutz because there is a yeah. still work uh, going on there. There is, I told you, there's 29 uh, ruined houses. We have to, to fix them. Mm-hmm. We have to fix the, all the structure, all the, all the, all the kibbutz. And uh, so it will take a few months till we, until we will be able to, back, to go back there. And uh, we have to find uh, a temporary place to, to stay. So right now, uh, after 100 uh, days, we know we found that place. It's, uh, it's a small place right next to Be'er Sheva, also in the northern, uh, southern mm-hmm. part of Israel. It's uh, quite far away from Gaza. Mm-hmm. We started to, to prepare that place. It will take another two months where, when uh, we'll finish, but until we finish, but I think around uh, March or the beginning of April, we'll be able to, to move there as a community. Oh, wow. Uh, knowing that not all of the, the people of the community, all the members of the community will choose to, to move there. But um, I think uh, 75 or 80% of the community will, will move into that uh, temporary place. And the other will, some will stay in the hotel, some will move to other places in Israel. Mm. Uh, I, I, and I hope some of the some of the people will choose to go back straight to the kibbutz because in two or three time, uh, right. months time it will uh, will be better time to go back to the kibbutz. Okay, so the world is a very strange place. Life is so freaking crazy. Okay, I was born in Israel. I'm my parents moved to Montreal. 20 years ago, I moved to Hong Kong. Then I went to go visit my parents in Savannah and my sister who lives in Savannah because they moved from Montreal to Savannah. I go there, I meet you, we talk. And then you say, oh, we're going, we can't stay in this hotel. And I've been to the Dead Sea, can't stay at this hotel. We might move to this sm- small town uh, near Beersheba. In 1985, when I was uh, 11 years old, my parents, we moved to Arad. Is that the town you're talking about? No, we're talking about Omer. Omer is... Uh... Okay. Yeah, you know Omer. Okay. But so, so, okay. So, the thing is, like, it's like, so as an Israeli, as a, as a, look, we've been talking almost an hour, and thank you so much, you know, and I know it's, it's just, it's just crazy. So, as in, let's talk about the important stuff of like what's inside your head, you know. So, for example, when I was in the tsunami and how I responded to that trauma was I need to talk, like the kind of person I am is I need to talk about it with people. Like I wrote a story and I, ta- I talked to people, you know, it was about putting my story out into the world. And that was how I was able to heal. And that seems to be a little bit like you, right? So, because it's it's so intense to have to go through this and and try to make sense of it. So why don't you talk about like like Asaf? How are you made as a person that 
that one that that you know you grew up on a kibbutz in terms of your values, in terms of what's important to you, and and that you're 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 rebuilding your life. That you go on your spare time or whatever, as you go to to disaster areas to help people do reconstruction. As a human being, like what's it? What's in your brain that makes you be be and do the things that you do? And and where does where does the the idea of optimism live in your head? Okay, I I think I I know the answer. I think I know that. <laughs> These are my questions. I just talk for a while and there's no question. <laughs> I know the answer. There's one word for okay community. Okay. And I'm, I'm not objective because I live in a community. I'm the head of the community. I'm a community manager. That's my profession. Mm-hmm. But I believe in a community. I, I believe us a human beings, we, we are a community uh, animal. We, we live in packs, right? Yes. So yes. When, when a disaster happened on the first day, uh, when somebody uh, shoots at you, you lay down on the floor all by yourself. When uh, mm-hmm. let's go to COVID time, yeah. When when you get COVID, you you lock yourself in the room. You don't you you separate yourself from you isolate you isolate yourself from the community. Or when somebody shoots at you, you hide. When you isolate, when you hide, you by yourself. That's the first response. But on the second, as the the threat goes away, you go out from that uh, isolation. You uh, stand up from that uh, hiding place, and what do you do? You look for for your neighbors, you look for your community, you look for your pack, you look for your community. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we live in a community. We give power to the community, and we get power from the community. So myself, yep. as a kibbutznik, as a as a person who was born in a kibbutz in a community, and choose. To, to 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 live in a community and raise my kids in a community and as a community uh, manager I believe in community I believe in, in that thing that that's the best way to deal with a unordinary uh, situation because mm-hmm. in, in our ordinary life uh, we don't need that uh, community we can we don't need the community to go to the bank. We don't need the community to go to the supermarket. We don't need the community to uh, to go to school. I don't know, to go to work. But at the end of the day, uh, when we close our eyes or when we lay down, it's better to know you, you are part of something, part of a group, part of mm-hmm. equal community, equal community, and you're part of a group that share the same idea as you. And that's something that they give us power to deal, uh, to deal with this mm-hmm. uh, unordinary situation right after the first responding uh, to save your, you, you save your life. And right there, right after, you look for that community. So what I believe is, I ha- as a community manager and a part of community, I look and I will do... Uh, Everything that uh, empower community and keep community Got together, it. and I know I'm I, I know I want it won't be one hundred percent success, but 
85 is enough. <laughs> 85 percent <85% laughs> is enough. As a community manager, if I can keep my community together, it will make her stronger and will uh, help the uh, the part of the community to deal with the situation and to uh, heal up afterwards. <sighs> okay. Well, Asaf, <laughs> you know, I knew it was going to be really heavy. Uh, I knew it was, it was very important to share. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing. And, and I will definitely try to share this as much as I can with, with the world because, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. And so I can see, I see it on your face that there's, I mean, it's such an intense trauma to live through. And I really appreciate you talking about it. Thank you so much. So I want to thank you too. I mean, it was great meeting you uh, over there. I, I, when, when you approached me afterwards and you talked to me, and then when we spoke on the phone, it was very uh, touching. And thank you, Rad, for this. Of course. Thank you for having me on that uh, podcast. If somebody watching this, will watch this podcast and would like to hear the story or go mm -hmm. into detail, so please feel welcome. As I said, we will not happy, but we would like to uh, other people give us the chance to come over and share our story. Yes. Asaf, thank you. Have a really good evening and, and listen, good health to, to everyone in your family and the whole kibbutz and the whole country. Thank you so much. Yalla, bye. Keep in touch. Yalla, bye. Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. Hey, baby, I like it.